535, hit us out to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. Welcome to the I 35 Sports Connection. It's Triple A. And Mila. Are, are you sad because. For the first time in I don't know how long, the Chiefs won and the Cowboys lost? I know. It's a hard fall from grace. My butt's sore. I fell right on my ass. Against the Broncos. I know. We couldn't break the curse. We couldn't break that damn streak. So we're going to talk Chiefs. We're going to talk Cowboys. We're going to talk Broncos. Or not Broncos. I'm sorry. What? No, we're not going to talk about the we're going to talk Mavs and we're going to talk a little bit about the Rangers. Just some interesting stuff coming out of the baseball winter meetings on their front. Oh, developments. Developments. Or I'll talk about it then. Uh, so let's start off with the Chiefs. And the Chiefs win 13-2-7 against the Packers, the Aaron rodgers Packers. Um, a great showing defensively for Kansas City. And I now find Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who... You know who finally listened to the R35 Sports Connection? Spaggy? Finally! You know what Chris position Chris Jones finally played predominantly in this game for the Chiefs? He finally played at... Tackle! How long have I been saying this? Your best defensive game, and you magically, of all but like two plays, you had Chris Jones at tackle. Have I not been saying this all year? So hypey, so hypey. You saw, uh, you saw an improvement in Chiefs defense when they brought Thornhill back into the starting lineup. And then you saw another improvement when you moved Chris Jones from DN to tackle. And the Chiefs defense all of a sudden looks like it has life. And I don't know who's been calling this. Who? 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 Me! It's been me all season. I've been telling Spagnola to do this, and you finally do it, and you finally look like you have somewhat life. And for those who are going to say, yeah, but you did it with a backup quarterback on the opposing team, go see what Cooper Rush did. Go see what the other backups have done this year. They, they have they have been winners, okay? They've been made. So it's not like you, you would have been fine anyway, okay? Because backup quarterbacks have been killing it this year. Go look at what Justin Fields is doing right now in Chicago and, and tell me it would have been different because you are playing much better on defense after those two moves. And it brings you to this question, what the F took so long? I, I don't know. Ego. Just absolute <laughs> ego. Do you think he just put his ego to bed? Oh, I mean, I think Veach had a little conversation with him about, about you know, starting one Thornhill going, hey, we used a high effing draft pick on this guy. Are you going to start him or not? Because decisions need to be made. Decisions, th- decisions. Yeah, are we going to extend this guy? What are we going to do with this guy in the upcoming years? Where's my money going to go? You got to play him. And he's obviously better than Dan Sorensen. And then the Chris Jones front, I, I bet you Veach goes, hey, if I go get Ingram, will you stop being a dumbass and put this guy a tackle? <laughs> Dang. I mean, seriously, like it was it was obvious, I feel like, obvious to, to anyone who watches the game. You don't take an all pro and move him to another position just so he's good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, if you're an all pro at a position, it's like Zach Rinke is a – one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he's actually a decent hitter. Do you move him to your everyday starting hitting lineup? No. You let him be a pitcher because that is what he's great at. And he's... That's a great analogy. Like, 
you let him be great. Don't move him somewhere where he's average or slightly above average. Let the man be great. And that's finally what the Chiefs did with Chris Jones. Now, the bad part of this game is the 13 points. And if you recall, I, I, I told you in this game to let Kelsey eat because he was going to be open all game. You know what one problem was with that, um, with that decision? You know who was failing Kelsey? Uh, in this in this game, yeah, I mean, if you watch the game, Patty Ice kept throwing it deep. He never gave you know what was right there in front of him. Why does he keep doing this? Yeah, like Kelsey is there wide open, and yes, Kelsey caught some balls. He had a drop, but there was times where he was wide open, mm-hmm. and Patrick was forcing the ball deep. And I and I get it. it, it I don't. How do well, you get it? Well, I get it in this sense, as far as as what he's trying to do. Last year, doing our pit stops, and I really hope you listen to our pit stops because we're tremendous at them. <laughs> our, our pit stops are basically our, 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 our previews for the game. Ten minutes or less, you get everything you need to know. And if you've been listening to our pit stops last year versus this year, you've noticed a change in some of the keys to the game. Last year with the Chiefs, we talked about four plays of 30-plus yards because that seemed to be like the magic number, right? Four big plays of around 30 yards, and the Chiefs offense was cooking, and it was going to be a good game. We haven't mentioned that one time this year because the Chiefs team right now is incapable of doing it. And I know Patrick Mahomes desperately wants to go back to that gunslinger offense where he can have those big plays, but it's not going to be there until you start taking what's in front of you. Take what that defense is giving you. If you would have killed this Green Bay team with Kelsey up the middle the whole game, if Kelsey would have had 100 yards at halftime, I guarantee you those big plays that you were trying to force in the first and second half would have been there in the second half because they would have had to adjust their game plan or would have been killed by a a game plan of Travis Kelsey and Williams. But because you force the ball deep, because you sacrifice multiple Chiefs possessions, you eked out a win. And someone needs to have this talk with Patrick of like, I need you just to take what's there right now. Yeah. You're like, quit trying to be the hero for what? Take what's there, play solid football. It's not that hard. Because if you take what's there and you injure possessions with points, no team can beat you in the NFL. No team can match you with, with, with points, especially with your defense starting to improve. Take what's there. Force them to change their defensive script. Beat their current defense because it is there. Like, it was violently there. Like, as far as violently there, I mean, like, I was about to punch the TV with how pissed I was getting because Kelsey was open multiple times, 15, 20 yards down the field in the middle of the defense where we told you the Packers had nothing there to stop you. And it was overlooked to try to force the big play. And you don't need to here. You do not need to force the big play here because it will come open naturally. It's just this year, instead of starting with the big play, you're going to have to set it up with some smaller plays. And that's really what's hampering this Chiefs offense right now because you've got a good running back in Williams. You, you need to not forget about him during the game. There's stretches where you forget about him and you need to keep feeding him because he's much better than Clyde Edwards. When Clyde comes back, he practiced today, you still need to feed mm-hmm. Williams. But the biggest hindrance right now, the Chiefs offense, it ain't Eric Bieniemy and the play calling. Because if you're looking at it, the the people like Kelsey are open. Mm-hmm. Patrick's forcing the trying to force the big play and it's not there. Right. He's the biggest hindrance. And this doesn't mean I'm anti Patrick. I'm not. It doesn't mean I think he's terrible. I don't. It just means that 
I'm a impartial fan. I'm going to call it like I see it. And sometimes you have to trust the process. And I feel like he's not trusting the process. That's really all this is. Yeah, and we don't have a Randy Moss, okay, that's going to go up there and get it. Our our best wide receiver is 5'10 with cleats on. He's not going to jump over anybody. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, Tyreek Hill's short. But he's fast and powerful. Also, short is relative. Yeah. 5'2". I mean, you know, you add the cleats and the hair, he gets to 5'10". I don't really think he's 5'10", but, you know, that's what, the, that's what it says. But, like, he's not going to moss anybody, right? So right. you can't just throw it up. You can't force the ball. So set him up. Be be fair to your wide receivers and set them up by destroying teams in the middle and destroying them short yardage. Because, like, hell, those are going to lead to those big plays. But anyway, I digress. Chiefs defense massively improved because finally Spagnuolo listened to everybody in the world and stopped stopped his ego from killing the Chiefs defense. Absolutely. Frank Clark had a resurgence, so I do want to give props to him because I have been I have been hard on him, but also it's like, man, magically when there's pressure up the middle, it really opens up your effing defensive ends, Hossbags, and Frank Clark can play. Wow. And oh my God, your linebackers aren't a liability as much because you're getting pressure up the middle so they can't get picked on as much. It is truly amazing how that happens. Shall we move to the Cowboys before I pop along? Yes, I know. I feel like I feel like a vein is like popping out of your neck. Just yeah, actually, there is one popping out of the side of your face. Just, Ooh. I'm, just, I'm not saying, but I'm saying breathe. I was right the whole time. Yeah, breathe, breathe, <laughs> breathe. All right. Well, in other terrible news, um, the Cowboys lost. That sucked. And I was really rooting for them because they were playing the Denver Broncos. So, like, as a Chiefs fan, I desperately wanted the Cowboys to win. Yep. Insert Tyra Banks meme here. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Uh, yeah, so that was a terrible game. Um, that's that's pretty much all I can say about it being a terrible game. I mean, we haven't beat them in the last six times that we've played them, and now you've just added another number to that count. I don't know what the hell it is about this team. And it's... It's funny you should say terrible game is all you can say because like it was a beatdown in every facet of yes. this game. Yes, and I'll go through some of the numbers here, but I'm going to take the good out of the bad just because going into the playoffs, I didn't want us to be undefeated. I feel like the, you needed a moment to course correct, and this is hopefully it. Um, also taking the good out of the bad, uh, what's his face? Zerline is on covid uh, the COVID list or whatever. So we brought some other guy in. I can't say his last name. It's not Brett Maher though. So I know well, that. Did bring Maher in. He just didn't win the job. God bless. Thank you. Someone was listening to my prayers. I can't say the name anyway, but I can say he's the Canadian Football League MVP of kickers. Yeah. So like maybe we're doing something right here. So, you know, hopefully he comes in, he kills it. And then this Zerline disaster... Well, I guess he's had some redeeming moments, but he missed a kick, though, right? He did, yes. Uh, but you know, hopefully, we get a new a new person out of this. You had in, in this Broncos game, you had Teddy Bridgewater ball out. You had Melvin Gordon turn back the clock. You had Tim Patrick beat you. Literally everything Denver wanted to do, they could. And then who was the leading receiver for the Cowboys? Ugh. Uh. Turner. Yeah. That's not C.D. Lamb. That's not Amari Cooper. Denver literally did their playbook. They took everybody out of the game, and you were relying on people like Turner Mm -hmm. to beat the Broncos. Was he like the 
fifth wide receiver or something? Like, Number five? Yeah. Because it goes Coop, it goes CD, it goes uh, a C- Gallup? Oh, yeah. Michael Gallup, and it goes Wilson, right? This is literally your fifth wide receiver. Yeah, this, it was not good. It was not good football anywhere, and that's why I'm hoping this is the course correct. Um, this game was so bad, we didn't score any points. It was a complete shutout until the fourth quarter, and not even the beginning of the fourth quarter. The very end, when no one gave a shit, and they knew you were, they were going to win anyways. Um, so we did lose thirty to sixteen. Just despicable, terrible, terrible plays. Um, like I'm just going to go through some of the numbers here because they're so despicable. As far as first downs, Cowboys only got fourteen. Bronco had two, or the Broncos had twenty three. That's bad. Then you have total yardage. Cowboys had 290. The Broncos had 407. Most of which were on that final two drives. Yeah, yeah seriously. No joke there. Um, I want to look at a time of possession here. The Cowboys possessed the ball for less than 19 minutes of this game. Do you know how much the Broncos had? I mean, it's a 60-minute game, right? So they had at least 40-plus minutes of just having the ball. It's disgusting. It's despicable. I mean, you're looking at turnovers. The Broncos had none. I was really, really thinking, okay, this will be the game that uh, Diggs gets those picks, and he did not. In fact, we actually turned over the ball twice. It's just, and you can't even call it bad play calling, like that punt, whatever. Even if you took that away, maybe that kind of changed the momentum a little, but that didn't stop us from this horrific game. I mean, total plays. The Broncos had 73 plays. The Cowboys didn't even touch 60. That's disgusting. Yeah, and, you know, I I think to touch this game, like, defensively, I think it shows that, like, the Cowboys' defense isn't quite there yet, right? Like, they rely, they do rely a lot on turnovers, and they're very bend but don't break, but when they break, all hell breaks loose. And offensively, this was, you know, your first game with with Collins back and Tyron gone. Right. And so you had to kind of figure out how you were going to use Collins, how you were going to use Steele. And that needs some work, obviously, because the chemistry was not there this week. And that's that's kind of part of the course correcting that I've been talking about. So now we know it doesn't work and we don't do it again if we don't have to. And you're due for a letdown game. No one plays perfectly all 17 games of the year. No one goes undefeated. And this is truly because even though you lost to Tampa, I thought the Cowboys looked great in that game. Oh, they look fantastic. I couldn't have asked for more. This is the first game where you just looked bad and, bad and you laid an egg. And this is, this is Tyron was gone. Collins was back. Dak was back from an injury, and you could tell Dak wasn't fully back. He was just good enough to play. Yeah, I almost think that maybe he rushed back to this game. I Honestly, for that performance from the whole team, I wish he would have just taken another week because there is nothing that he did that makes me think that, oh, yeah, he should have injured himself. He should have played. Yeah, and I, I think the Cowboys are, are, are going to be fine. But we'll talk about their next opponent, the Falcons, during the pit stop and give you a preview for that game. But I, I think this is one of those games where like the coaching staff just takes the tape out and they smash it. No, 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 no. You take it out and you review that shit. You make sure you never do that again. Don't even sniff around the performance of this game. Yeah, I, I think the coaching staff watches it, but as far as like pointing out everything that went wrong... I, You'd be reviewing the shit for like years, <laughs> for yeah. sure. So I, I think they'll be fine. I, I think it becomes a problem if the Cowboys suddenly don't course correct, right? Yes. So okay. give it till the next game to see how the Cowboys respond mm-hmm. to this beatdown. Absolutely. And I mean, 
you know, taking the good out of the bad. Like, you can only get better from here, hopefully. Um, we do play the Falcon ne- Falcons next, and we will talk about that in the pit stop. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We couldn't beat them, so hopefully the next time we meet up, we can break this terrible streak that we have. Now, let's get into the Mavs. Ooh. Because right now the Mavs are losing to Chicago. And this is where I talked about last week's show. This is where the Mavs are starting to enter the difficult stretch. And right now the Mavs are third in the West. But they've played garbage teams. They've got to play the Pelicans. Yeah, they've got to play San Antonio multiple times. So the the record is a lie. Of, of seven and three. And this Chicago game is showing you that they're not as good as what they think they are. And I'm watching the game and I'm at the point now where I'm not, the, the maps are good enough to make the playoffs, but this nucleus, no matter what Jason Kidd does, I am at the point now. And I know we're only a few games in, but this nucleus, this roster as currently constructed is not good enough to not only not good enough to make the finals, they aren't good enough to make it to the Western Conference finals. Yeah, it's it's pretty apparent. It's just it's not looking good. And keep in mind, this is this is still looking at a Western Conference with Golden State with one loss, but oh, by the way, Klay Thompson hasn't played yet. Oh, LeBron has missed multiple games with the Lakers. Like the West is stacked. And this team, I don't think per is usual. per usual. And I don't think this team is good enough to not even like you. I think it's a Hail Mary of injuries. If you're going to even make the semis in the Western conference, like this we expected more this year, basically. Yeah. And this team isn't good enough. And so like, I'm at the point now where you need to move on from Przingis. Yes. We should have been moving on. Like he's, he's not going to play out to be what you want. The return on investment here is shit. He's already missed more games than he's played yep. this year. I think, you do whatever you can to get rid of him at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And shame on the Mavs for not being good at drafting and had being in this roster situation you are. Because I haven't seen Green, our first round draft pick of, of last year, even hit the court this year. Uh, outside of the game where we blew out, I, I think it was uh, outside of the Pacers or the Pelicans, where everybody got in the game. Mm-hmm. He hasn't sniffed the court. Yeah, and that's, that's a huge problem for being your first round draft pick. Ouch. Meanwhile, you get you go look at Golden State's roster without Klay Thompson. Dude, Golden State, they're just another animal, man. Like when Klay Thompson comes back, we all need to be worried and we could probably call it now. They're probably going to be the NBA champs if everyone's healthy. That that's my pick. If they're healthy, like I think that's where I think that's where the the ring goes is is Golden State. But like I want to point out something on them uh about them versus like anybody else. Like they're getting productive minutes from Gary Payton Jr., who, by the way, went undrafted. Like, and that player is contributing more to Golden State, and I'm not in- including JB when I say this, than anybody else on your Mavs bench. A guy who went undrafted. So how can they construct a great roster when, by the way, they've been picking in dog-ass positions because they've been good every year compared to where you've been picking in the draft, but they have people on their bench that are productive, like Poole, like Peyton, who you didn't see. Like, this roster needs an overhaul, and the best way to do it is to move Porzingis. Because if you don't move Porzingis, you're going to lose Luka. And you got to move him now because if you... Protect Luka at all costs. Yeah, because if you move him now, 
you can at least build to be good when it's time for Luca to make a posi- make a decision. If you don't do it now, you're going to waste the one asset you have. So uh, let's switch bases here to the Rangers. <laughs> like what I did there. I like it. They say they're going to make it rain during the off season. Hit us up with the details on that. When the hell have the Rangers ever made it rain? I mean, if they're trying to sell the team. They so. <laughs> Can I get into this? Yeah, go for uh, it. I'm going to go on a rant here because, like, as you all know, I don't like the Rangers' ownership. Oh, man. And he's going on a rant. He's going to pop a blood vessel. Do, do you remember last year when they were going to get in the free agent market and they said, hey, we made offers the players didn't accept? Yeah, you made offers at $5 million less a year than everybody else. And you're the Rangers. Shooter, shoot. And coming out of the winter meetings, like, this is what I'm betting happened. The Rangers' ownership and, and management – Fed stories that hey we're going to be big spenders this off season, we're we're, we're really going to go for it. We're we're going to open up the war chest, but really you only really go for it when you have at least a core to go for it with. You would literally have to buy an entire team to be competitive if you're the Rangers. Like the Royals didn't go out and 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 get Johnny Cueto at the deadline until they had a core that was good enough to win, and then they brought in an expensive Cueto. Who the hell are you going to bring in to be good enough? You would have to bring in an entire roster's worth of players. Hey, they said they're going to make it rain. Maybe that's what they're going to do. I have a conspiracy theory on this. Oh, all right. Hit us. So wait, I normally do the conspiracy theories. What a weird how the turntables have turned. Oh, they turning because the thunder is stolen. So, you know, if I'm an owner and my my league is threatening a lockout with the Players Association. I want to have good standing with the fans. So what I'm going to say is, hey, I'm going to spend big this offseason. And then I'm going to blame the reason I didn't spend big on the uncertainty of the upcoming season in baseball because of the Players Union threatening to lock out. I'm going to say I couldn't spend that money because there was going to be a lockout. I couldn't put people on the roster because I didn't know what the players were going to do. I blame the Players Association for putting us in this position. And that is why I failed you this offseason. It's not my fault. It's the players' fault. That's what the ownership group, I bet you, is going to do. And here's the, here's the line that really scared me and, and made me think this. is like when they asked the management of the Rangers, hey, are you really spending a lot this offseason? Their answer was, we're going to spend to our, our market level. And if you're a fan, you're like, great. The Dallas Metroplex, huge market, right? Top five market in the nation. Except Rangers ownership views the market as Arlington, not the Metroplex. Mm, which is dumb. And so they're going to be deceitful when they tell you they're going to spend money. They'll spend a little bit of money. But they're not going to spend this $100 million that they're that they're floating out there. And they're going to blame it on the lockout. And then when you ask them about the market, they're going to talk about how Arlington's a small market and not how big the Dallas Metroplex is, which is truly their actual market. Ugh, it's just it's pitiful. Got that nice new ballpark and... You're not even going to be able to fill it because nobody's going to want to see a bunch of losers. I'm just, I'm not, I could be wrong. You could be wrong. You could be. I could very well be wrong. They could actually be telling the truth for once in their life. But you heard it here on November 10th, 2021. I'm telling you right now that this is what I think is going to happen. And this is my conspiracy theory. Look, I don't have a lot of conspiracy theories. You really don't. I, this is yeah, I, I I don't believe in Bigfoot. I think that's stupid. I don't believe in a lot of things, but this is what I believe, and this is what I, I really think is going to happen. JFK, which is just mind-boggling to me. 
That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, we're not going to get it. That's a whole conspiracy. I believe he was a person. Okay. Like let's, uh, I don't believe some of the conspiracy yeah. theories around his death. Yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> there. Hit me up on Twitter at I 35 sports CXN. We can go down the rabbit hole together. Hit her up on her other <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> if he wants sports, hit us up on the I 35 sports get action. But I mean, he was a sport watcher. Anyway, <laughs> stay tuned for the pit stops, which will probably be going out tomorrow for the for the mat or for the Cowboys and for the Chiefs uh, to get your pregame needs. Hope you enjoyed this show. Look out for our Purple Pride podcast on uh, the Down the Line uh, Sports Network. Uh, they're going to tweet that out. We'll retweet it. So listen to your K State needs. Uh, but mark my words about the Rangers. <laughs> oh, dark i i know it, i'm depressed right the chiefs don't look great the it's just it's not a good time for me right now i still have a decent kicker we do have a decent kicker, Butt kicker. <laughs> all right guys hope you enjoy the show we out bye